the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you. It's past 10 o'clock. Thank you for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. It's a Thursday, the ninth morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Uh, my thanks again to Robert Spencer. Uh, I, there just really isn't anybody better. Uh, I have great, great resources, particularly when it comes to uh, understanding uh, radical Islam, fanatical Islam, fundamentalist Islam. And Robert Spencer from Jihad Watch is just uh, uh, one of the very, very best going, if not the very best, one of the most, foremost experts in the uh, in the United States in this area today. I want to bring in now uh, my regular Thursday guest, who is an expert in his own right in a number of areas. He is uh, Dr. Everett Piper. He is the former president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He is the best selling author. He is a columnist for the Washington Times. He is an evangelical Christian, and he is a movie star. He was in Dennis Prager's No Safe Spaces, and he joins us now to talk more about radical Islam and their war against Christians, as well as Jews. Dr. Piper, good morning. Good to have you back, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, Dr. Piper. I wish the uh, circumstances were a little different here because um, there's some really bad stuff going on where we're worried about what's going on with the Islamic uh, Republic of Iran, uh, the fanatical uh, Islamic theocracy that oppresses its people and exports terror in the Middle East and, quite frankly, around the globe. But they are not the only radical Muslims that we have to be worried about right now. You uh, tweeted about uh, the slaughter of 250 civilians, and in particular, the slaughter of Christians in Burkina Faso. Most people don't know where that is. I had to look it up myself as well. But these are al-Qaeda-affiliated groups uh, that are going out there and essentially attacking churches and Christians. Uh, p- particularly because of their faith. We also know, of course, uh, that uh, radical Islam is uh, dedicated and devoted to killing Jews wherever they find them as well. So there is a bit of what one might call a holy war that is going on around the globe. 
But why is it that in this country, Dr. Piper, the only time it matters to people is when um, people of the Islamic faith are the ones targeted? We hear as cries of Islamophobia, etc. Nobody talks about the horrific crimes committed against Christians for their faith. I would argue it's anti-Christianity. It is the religious bigotry of the left. And I don't, I, I don't even want to pretend to be close to the expert that Robert Spencer is on Islam. I know enough to be dangerous, and let me just say this. The doctrine of deception that is endemic to the Muslim faith. In other words, there are a couple doctrines that every good Muslim would subscribe to. The doctrine of abrogation, the doctrine of Sharia, and there's also the doctrine of deception. What does that mean? It means that Allah is a God who at times deceives. He at times lies to perpetuate his will and his good in his creation. So the doctrine of deception means that if God deceives on his own behalf, then you as a good Muslim can be deceptive, i.e. a liar, for the good of Islam and for the good of God, Allah. If you believe that the doctrine of deception is actually a main tenet to your worldview and your faith, then you will lie, you will deceive for anything that gives you power to suppress and to force submission on those who aren't part of your clique, your clan, your religion. And what we see right now is an alignment of the secularists and the radical religious, i.e. Islamists, secularists, the leftists, the progressives, who believe in what? lying for the sake of acquiring power. There is no such thing as truth, and therefore you can manipulate the story to your own advantage. If you believe in the doctrine of deception, whether you're a secularist or an Islamist, you are working on behalf of the same cause. And you you subscribe to this this, um, tenet that we've heard over and over again from Islam. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. So you align yourself with people that may not even agree with you. Sunnis align with Shia, Hezbollah aligning with Al-Qaeda, etc. And you reach into northern Africa, the sub-Saharan region, and you start uh, exporting terrorism to do what? Deceive and suppress or submission as you lie your way to power. That's what's going on in the world debate right now. We've killed the goose that's laying the golden egg, i.e. a Christian biblical worldview that laid the Magna Carta, if you will, that laid the Constitution, if you will, that gave us human freedom and dignity for women and dignity for children. We've killed that goose that laid the golden egg, the biblical worldview, and the vacuum is being filled by the doctrine of deception, the human propensity to lie. Dr. Piper, given... Um, what is going on, and that's a great analysis, by the way, in uh, Northern Africa, but also in in the Middle East uh, and and in other parts of the world that people don't even pay attention to. There are Christians that are targeted, they're slaughtered, they're tortured. Almost, you know, it's almost 7th century type stuff. I mean, it's really barbaric what is being done. We are taking in refugees who claim religious persecution, uh, in various countries from around the world, and they are almost exclusively Muslims. What I would like to know is, should we try to bring as many Christians from those uh, affected areas back home to the United States where it is safe, moreover, or more, or, or more safe, rather, 
Or does that kind of fly in the face of, well, evangelicism and, and the, the belief that it is uh, our responsibility, Christian responsibility, to proselytize, to, to go out and spread the word of Christ wherever they are, even if they do face some of the same barbaric treatment that uh, they faced uh, uh, you know, after, after Christ was killed? Well, I go back to the Old Testament and the use of the word sojourner and foreigner in our land. And the left embraces these words out of the Old Testament and says, well, you know, Jesus and uh, Joseph and Mary were sojourners in a foreign land, and we should welcome everybody without question accordingly. As I've talked before on your show, the Hebrew for those words is not, is not to let everybody in regardless of ideology. Those words in Hebrew meant those that will subscribe to your way. Those that want to become citizens, for example, they're going to agree to live according to your principles as a nation, as a country. They're not going to come into your country with the intent of tearing it down and subverting it. There's nothing in the Old Testament that says, let the enemy within the wall so he can destroy you. Zero. There is something in the Old Testament, as well as the New, of reaching out and supporting those regardless of faith, regardless of of rather agreement with you, and giving them compassion and care. However, it is predicated on the assumption that they have agreed upon entering your gate that they're not going to kill you, that they don't want to subvert you, that they don't want to destroy your constitutional republic. It is asinine and crazy for anybody to claim that you're supposed to let the enemy within. That's nonsense. That's crazy, and even the left knows it because they live in gated communi- communities, my land. They don't open up their communities to everyone. They actually believe in some security, and we need to recognize the same as we engage in this debate. Call the left out. Call the perfect progressives out. Suggest to them that they should actually live in accordance to their own ideology. Um, that's a great answer. Um, can you address part two, though, the part about Christians, whether or not Christians okay. in other nations should should flee those nations, flee those terrible areas, and come to a place where they can be safe, or should they continue to be out there in places where Christ's message is not received and put themselves in harm's way? Um, it, this is a call that I can't make, and frankly, I don't think we have the right to impose um, that on any of our Christian brothers and sisters. For example... I have no right to tell Romans, excuse me, Roman Christians in first century A.D., second century A.D., stay put, you know, they're going to put you on a pike, they're going to burn you alive, they're going to crucify you, but stay put. I have no right to tell them that. What I do have the obligation to do is that in God's providence and his sovereignty, if you are suffering persecution, stand firm, Christ is with you. This is an eternal issue. It's not a temporal issue. And we pray for you and we stand with you. But if they want to flee for the sake of their children, for the sake of their spouse, then we have no right to tell them not to. We are obligated to be a testimony for Christ in the midst of persecution. I do not believe that it's biblical to say you have to stay put in the middle of persecution. There are times when you flee for the good of your kids and the good of your family because you're obligated to protect them. That's exactly what I was looking for. There has to be, uh, you know, some kind of a, a middle ground. Certainly, you don't want to tell them they should stay or that you must leave because you don't want to tell them not to do what their faith calls them to do, and that is suffer the persecution while trying to spread the word of Christ in a place around the world where it is not received yet. So, uh, but uh, but we do have to give them an opportunity. I hope anyway, and I would hope that our State Department is reaching out to everyone uh, who finds himself in that situation to let them know that we will be a safe haven. This is what refugees. 
or, or what refuge rather is all about for people who are literally being slaughtered for their faith. That's not happening uh, to other faiths. Uh, Dr. Everett Piper is our guest. Uh, we're going to take a quick time out of here. Dr. Piper wants to have a go at Hollywood. He was Ricky Gervais before Ricky Gervais. Kinda. I'll let him explain that as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Bob France here on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten twenty one. We continue now. <clears throat> Got a few good minutes left with Doctor Everett Piper, best selling author, and he's a columnist with the Washington Times as well as a number of other hats that he wears. And it's uh, uh, with uh, that um, uh, platform that he decided to have a go at Hollywood. And uh, a lot of people are talking about uh, Hollywood taking some big time heat from Ricky Gervais on Sunday night at the Golden Globes, as he called them out for so much of their hypocrisy, uh, their phony wokeness, and uh, uh, all, all of the uh, all of the other things that we know about Hollywood and what they stand for and what they don't. Dr. Piper, you, on Friday, before Ricky Gervais ever came out, you beat him to the punch, and you took uh, Hollywood apart with your column in the Times, and it was Opie, uh, or or Richie Cunningham, uh, whatever you want to call Ron Howard these days, that set you off. Can you uh, give us a little more? Well, on January 1, Wednesday, Ron Howard uh, penned a column, where, or a tweet, excuse me, where mm-hmm. he called President Trump morally bankrupt, and accuse him of hustling the American people uh, with um, his message and with his politics. And I find this awfully ironic. You know, this is coming from an individual who represents the club, Hollywood, that for years has shouted at us, who are you to judge, when we had a problem with the sexualization of our children, for example. And other uh, paraphrases from my column, this is the superior class that has told us that drag queen story hours are a good idea for preschoolers. These are the folks who have told us over and over again, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as it works for you. These are the people who accuse us ignorant peasants in the heartland for wanting to cling to our God and our guns. These are the people who believe middle schoolers are better off knowing more about condoms than the Constitution. These are the people who believe socialism, in spite of 100 million dead at its hand, is a moral good. I go on and on in my column, and I say, these are the people who lecture us about fossil fuels while they fly in their private jets. They demand we redistribute our wealth while they hoard their own. They protest the principles of the United States while they bow to the power of China. They claim to be feminists while they deny the fact that a female is a biological reality. They march for Me Too while accusing women, excuse me, while accusing women who want their own bathrooms and their own sports of being bigots. I mean, the list of hypocrisy goes on and on. And I conclude in my column, Bob, by suggesting this. They celebrate sodomy, they normalize dysphoria, they demean women, and they abuse our kids. They encourage 10-year-old boys to pretend they are girls. Their teachers instruct primary school students in the techniques of masturbation. Their magazines coach teenage girls on how to engage in anal sex. They cheer at the loss of innocence, they champion debauchery, they mock fidelity, they malign virtue, and they practice vice. But yet they turn around and they presume to lecture us about morality. These are a bunch of wannabe emperors with no clothes, and they're parading naked as a jaybird through the cultural conversation. And we should 
as the little boy in Aesop's fable, point out, wait a second, these people are delusional. They're not closed. They're not, they have no basis whatsoever to engage in self-righteous posturing with regard to what is moral and what is just and what is good. Dr. Piper, I agree with every word you just said, and I have called them out, maybe not as eloquently as you did in your column or in your paraphrase or summary just now, but I talk about Hollywood on a, on a somewhat regular basis when I hear some of their insanity and some of their uh, uh, hypocrisy on all of things the things you just discussed, particularly morality and ethics and values and teaching children, but... Uh, Sometimes I want to satisfy or, or, or placate myself by saying they don't matter. Do you think they matter? Do you think anybody is listening? Or do we just look at them and say, why, why are you speaking? You, you, you mean nothing to me. Your, your opinion means nothing to me. Your education is less than mine or whatever it is. Do Hollywood celebrities matter when they champion the things that they do and when they, uh, and when they um, insult the other things that they do? In a sense, no, because they're so silly, and anybody with half a brain can figure out they really don't practice what they preach, and somebody who doesn't practice those things that he claims to believe in, that he preaches about, is there's a word for that. It's called hypocrisy. You're a hypocrite. And hypocrites, in a sense, don't matter. But here, Bob, I would suggest they do. They're winning the hearts and minds of the next generation, and we see that in the attitudes of the millennials. They believe socialism is good. They believe that a woman is a fabrication rather than a fact. They believe that it's okay to kill a child just because you find it to be inconvenient, and that child will hold you back. So terminate it, even up to the point of birth. That's okay, because that isn't really a human being. Our millennials believe this nonsense, and the proof that they believe it is what you hear in the Snowflake Rebellion, and it's also what you see in the outcome of their behaviors. 25% of millennial-age women are now carrying an STD. Do you think it's because they bought the lie of the left and they're suffering the consequences of listening to Hollywood and the progressive elites in the Democratic Party that have been practicing practicing the doctrine of deception and our culture is suffering the consequence of imbibing that lie? That's uh, that, that's a great point. I just uh, what what I really hope is you know we we I go back to Charles Barkley who I don't know it's been probably twenty years now since he once said look I just because I can dunk a basketball doesn't mean I should raise your children you've got to teach your children don't listen to celebrities you've got to teach your children don't uh, don't count on them to say the right things you know he was poking fun at himself essentially and also saying parents do the job I guess that's my big concern um, if if the Hollywood uh, 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 you know moguls and uh, and the stars and the rappers and the singers and all these others who want to malign our country and share messages and promote things that you just described, which are all incredibly bad examples and ideas for our kids, that's fine as long as mom and dad are there to recognize this is what my kid is being fed and to clarify and to, and to you know present the truth and the other side of it. But my, my concern is parents who don't understand that, that kids are being influenced by uh, these celebrities because they have a much bigger, inf- a much bigger uh, presence, rather, in their lives somehow than their parents do. Well, and I agree, Bob, but here's the thing. Even good parents, they're doing a good job sending their kids to good schools, perhaps even spending the money for a, for a Catholic school or an evangelical school experience versus the public schools, which are becoming nothing but indoctrination camps for Snowflake Rebellion. Even the parents that are working so hard, homeschoolers, 
I found this time and time again when I would encourage parents to take seriously the college education of the kid, because why would you spend 18 years of your life training up a kid in the way he should go and then send him off to a college that in the first 18 minutes is going to tear down that worldview and your faith and malign it rather than elevate it? Why would you do that? I would find homeschool parents disagreeing with me because of money. They didn't want to spend the money on a Christian education versus a secular education. I found that over and over again. Here's the thing. Um, if you want to educate your kid to take seriously the lunacy of the left, you better take the iPhone out of their hand because everything you're doing is being contradicted in that little machine that they carry with them constantly. It is a fact. In fact, C.S. Lewis warned of it in The Great Divorce. You're 100% right, but that is a fight. Oh, my goodness, that is a fight that so many parents are afraid to have. If you take your kid's phone away from him and that little device that has all of that, it means the world to them. You, 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 in truth, and I'm sure you realize this, Dr. Piper, it drives sometimes kids further away from their parents. The wedge gets, gets, gets deeper driven and the divide gets bigger because they're so livid that a parent would dare do something. And I know that's, uh, in the long run, the parent has to be resolute and say, this is going to be better for you in the long run, but in the short term, it can really, really drive a deep wedge between them. And I know parents don't want to do that. Well, the wedge uh, may be a problem, but stop and think about the consequences of washing your hands of the whole situation and not being aware of the information, the ideas that will bear, bear consequences in your kid's life. And if they're consuming that stuff ten times more than they're consuming your ideas, there's yeah. going to be a problem. Yeah, it, it is. There's a short-term versus long-term thing, and you got to keep your eye on the long-term good that would be done from such a move. I totally understand it. It's just very hard for people to deal with. Dr. Everett Piper, great analysis on a host of issues. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Piper, joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. It's 1031. Time for news. Bob Paduchik of the Trump-Pence campaign coming to town. Well, coming to Ohio, but to T-Town, Toledo, uh, this evening. We'll talk to Bob Paduchek next, right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten thirty-seven onward on this Thursday edition of The Authority. 23 minutes of outstanding awesome left for you. There's going to be a whole lot of awesome in the building uh, in Toledo tonight. How about it? President Trump bringing the Keep America Great Tour to the great state of Ohio. He's going to be in Toledo with Vice President Pence. And one of the men who is uh, responsible, for br- responsible for bringing him here and for working to advance the cause of the Trump-Pence campaign 2020 is Bob Paduchek, who joins us right now on AM 1420, The Answer. Bob, good to have you back on the program. How are you, sir? Hey, Bob, it's great to be back on The Authority. It's been too long, and uh, um, I'm, I'm happy to be with you and your listeners today. Well, I know people uh, from all over Ohio are going to be flocking to Toledo to get an opportunity to see and hear the president tonight. I, I know a number of people coming from northeast Ohio who are going to be headed out that way. This is a great opportunity. Um, what are you expecting tonight from the president? Um, is he going to focus more on this 
the last uh, you know seventy two to ninety six hours, and the uh, the he's bringing us to the edge of war with Iran because he killed Soleimani. To oh, he's projecting weakness. What did they call him yesterday? Uh, they said he's both an arsonist and a fireman. He started this fire, then had to try to put it out to make himself look good. All of the, is he gonna is he gonna focus on the Democrat criticism or Bob Paduchik will and should the president focus on the extraordinary accomplishments that this country that he has been responsible for? Uh, in three years of leading this country? Look, he's definitely going to talk about his accomplishments because we see how it's benefited Ohio. Over 100,000 jobs created, 13,000 of those manufacturing jobs, and there's still more to come. But i got to tell you, you you got to be amazed by how some uh, people in the left-wing media have kind of run themselves through contortions, similar to the Democrat candidates for president, that, that they can't bring themselves to congratulate the president on taking a terrorist and putting him in the ground. And uh, it, it's shocking because I remember a lot of Republicans that were, were pretty grateful when uh, President Obama killed Osama bin Laden. When, when uh, Obama ordered the strike to kill bin Laden, America unified. Right. We did. We did. Exactly. Now, I remember saying, uh, you know, I, I, I give him credit because it was the right thing to do, but let's not go overboard here because it wasn't exactly a tough call. Uh, he was told, we right. got him. We've got, we know exactly where he is. We can send in a SEAL Team 6 and take him out right now. Yes or no? Well, obviously he's been on, he's been the number one most wanted terrorist in the world for 11 years. Go get him. Absolutely. It's a pretty easy call. So I didn't actually exactly give him a lot of credit for the, uh, for the decision. But what I did say is thank you. Because this is exactly what we were supposed to do. Kill terrorists who kill Americans. How come the left right. can't do the same thing now? Soleimani, it has been argued by, uh, uh, you know, people as prestigious and as militarily knowledgeable as General David Petraeus. Soleimani was a bigger get than bin Laden because bin Laden was no longer in power at the time they found him. Uh, Soleimani's right. at the height of his power, orchestrating the uh, attacks on Americans all around the world. Absolutely. Look, it just shows you how deranged uh, the Democrats and the left in America have become. They just, there's nothing this president can do that's going to satisfy them in terms of what they want to the point where they, they, they contradict each other. It's like you were saying in the lead in here that, 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 that this was just going to start a war, that this was going to be a huge, huge problem. Look, the president did exactly what he said he would do. He would defend American men and women overseas serving in whether they're wearing a uniform whether they're diplomats whether american citizens he's going to defend them and that's what he's done you know and uh up until the build-up on that you saw a lot of uh, pundits and democrats uh running for president saying that this is going to cause a war that this is going to create a problem that this is you know all kinds of hyperbole on what was going to happen but here we are today the iranians have by all objective uh uh, reviews have, have kind of stepped back from this, and um, and America's safer because of it. Bob Paduchik uh, with the Trump-Pence campaign is joining us, senior advisor, and I totally agree with you. What I want to get your opinion on now, though, is not what the left is going to say. We know what they're, and I want to talk about impeachment and what they're trying to do to the president there as well, because we, we know what they're going to say and what they're going to do, and they refuse, as you say, to give the president credit for anything. But when Republicans... Turn on the president as well. That's when I've got a real problem. Agency director. You know, I, before I come on that publicly, I'd really like to have a conversation with the president so I can make him aware of what we were told and by whom. But I will say that the messages we received didn't get any pushback internally from the briefers. 
What we were told over and over again was, uh, look, this action was necessary. Uh, this was a bad guy. We, we had to do it. And um, uh, we can't have division. We can't have dissension uh, within our ranks, within our government, or else it sends this, the wrong signal to the Iranians. And I just I think that's completely wrong. That's Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee, Libertarian Senator Mike Lee, who, along with Libertarian Rand Paul, went after the president and the president's team yesterday, saying that the briefing they got was unprofessional and was un-American, saying that uh, they didn't get enough proof that it was necessary to go in and take out Soleimani. Uh, Do we have a problem with uh, Republican dissenters in in the United States Congress or specifically in the Senate? Well, look, you know, there have been Republicans from all different shades and stripes um, that have criticized this president in in various different things over the last three years. Uh, That's not been any kind of a big surprise. I mean, here's a president that every day is under attack, not just from Democrats, but from, you know, uh, people in the media and uh, from some Republicans. He is resilient, I think, in this. I, I don't know what the briefing was. Uh, you know, I'm on the campaign end of things, so I, it, it's hard to understand what their concern or criticism is. I mean, you know, the, the, both of them have been uh, in opposition to endless wars in the Middle East, as the president has. So, I, I, honestly, I don't really understand what their concern or problem is. I think what yeah, the I don't either. Did, no, I'm sorry. I think what the president, yeah, I think what the president did was clearly uh, lawful and within his authority as commander in chief. And he took decisive action. And again, America's safer. I mean, we, we now, it's Monday morning, okay? We can look back at the plays that were called and the actions that were taken. And we know this action did not get us in a war. But what it's done is it put a terrorist in the ground. And every other person like him is now looking over their shoulder, wondering if they might be next. Every bad guy out there on the planet that it has ill will to our country and our citizens is looking over their shoulder, wondering if they're going to get it next or not. And yeah, that, that, that that's is a big great change. point. They, yeah, that's a great point. He has served notice, and I would say this: not just to other, you know, Iranian terrorists or or Iranian members of the Iranian regime. I, I think North Korea, I think China, I think Russia, I think Syria, I think all uh, of of the you know the enemies who have been aggressive either in posture or in military action against the United States or responsible for uh, terrorist acts. I think anybody and everybody is going to look at this and say, "Oh my goodness, he is not afraid to do what his predecessor was. He's not afraid to shove a rocket up the behind of somebody who is uh, you know is is killing and targeting Americans, American citizens, American allies, American embassies, or anything else of that matter. I think this sends a message around the world: the United States is strong again don't mess with the american people right and 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 you look at the democrats that are running for president and it really creates a stark choice i mean you you get from them this idea that somehow the united states should let this go on that we should lay down that we should let that we should permit these things to happen and uh you know like it, it it reminds one of of a foreign policy under obama where there's images of of united states sailors on their knees in front of Iraqi, or I mean Iranians. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and, and so I, I don't think that, that any average American looks at what the Democrats have done and says, yeah, we should, we should surrender to Iran. Yeah, we should just lay down and let them, you know, blow up um, 
blow up our uh, men and women in uniform and, and continue to run helter-skelter through the Middle East. And, and, you know, and, and, you know and there, there's a big difference between standing up for Americans and doing nothing. And that's really what the choice is between this president and the Democrats running against him. Yeah, and one of the front runners, of course, is Joe Biden, who's at the center of all of this stuff with the impeachment uh, inquiry and the articles and so on and so forth. So I want to ask you about this. We're talking to Bob Paducek, senior advisor to the Trump-Pence campaign 2020. Um, Joe Biden was asked by Fox News and Peter Ducey, uh last week uh, after what happened. As commander-in-chief, mm-hmm. if you were handed a piece of intelligence that said you can stop an in- imminent attack on Americans, but you have to use an airstrike to take out a terror leader, would you pull the trigger? And Biden said, well, we did. Guy's name was Osama bin Laden. He tried to walk away like, ha. Uh, first of all, that's not true. It wasn't an airstrike. Uh, number two, there wasn't an imminent attack. This was for past transgressions. This was because of what Osama bin Laden had already done in the past. And, oh, by the way, it was uh, a SEAL Team 6 that invaded that compound and, and took him out. So he's, he's wrong on his face. But the point is, he said we did get him. Ducey said, didn't you tell Obama not to go after bin Laden? And he said, no, I didn't. But, Bob, you probably have seen he's on television. He's on camera bragging about how he told the president not to go. No, don't do it. We need more information first. We need more proof. We need more this. He tried to call off the the attack by the SEAL team that took Osama bin Laden out. If this is the best the Democrats can throw at Donald Trump, I, I feel pretty good. Well, you, you got to figure at some point, Joe Biden seems to think he's running against Joe Biden. I mean, he keeps cha- he keeps changing where he is back and forth so many times. Yeah, you, you, you almost kind of feel sorry for the guy. Yeah, well, I would well, if he was if he was even remotely likable. But the fact that he yeah. you know he he continues to paint himself as the trusted uh, you know friend of the American people. Why do I not want to have an investigation into what was going on in Ukraine when my son worked for the board or yeah. were, was on the board of a, ga- a gas company that was engaged in a bunch of dirty deals with the Ukrainian corrupt Ukrainian government? Because quote I trust my son and the American people know me. So if I trust my son, yeah. they should trust my son. That's all we need to say. Holy God! I, I, I mean, if yeah. that's their front runner, Bob Paducek. I just, I, 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 I have no sympathy for this man because his hubris knows no bounds. Well, I tell you, I grew up in Akron, and my my parents grew up in the Mahoning Valley in Youngstown, and and Joe Biden thinking that he can sell himself. You know, he's a creature of Washington D.C. You don't get more swampier than Joe Biden. The idea that's going to he's going to sell himself as lunch pail Joe, the working. The friend of working men and women is just isn't going to sell in Ohio. You know, I'm not sure it's going to sell in the Democrat primary, to be honest. That's a great point. He's, he's got, by no means does he have a clear path to their nomination. He's uh, sharing frontrunner status with Buttigieg and, and, uh, and I think uh, Bernie in Iowa. I think Warren is close behind them. So, yeah, there's still a battle to be waged there. But to me, one of them is no different than the other. Some people like to paint mm-hmm. uh, Biden as the moderate because of the extreme yeah. socialist tendencies of Sanders and Warren. Uh, he's not. He's not in any stretch of moderate. He tries to couch it, but at the end of the day, they will all do exactly uh, the opposite of what President Trump has done. They will raise taxes. They will they will re-regulate businesses rather than deregulation. Uh, they will make it even harder and harder for manufacturers to keep uh, producing products here in the United States so they go overseas again. We all know where we were under Obama. Right. And, and every one of them would take us back. Absolutely. I mean, it, look, this, again, it, and elections are about choices, and, and this is not a difficult choice at all. You have a president who represents uh, prosperity and security in this nation, 
versus Democrats that are supporting socialism and, and pacifist uh, uh, tendencies or policies towards our enemies. Uh, it doesn't get any more stark than that, and it's one of the reasons why I think uh, President Trump's going to be reelected. What What is your stand on, or, or give me your thoughts on where we stand with the impeachment situation? Nancy Pelosi has held on to these articles, claiming she's not going to uh, send them to the Senate until she's convinced there's going to be a quote-unquote fair Senate trial. She's even wearing the patience uh, of uh, Dianne Feinstein, uh, Feinstein yeah. and others. There are Democrats in the Senate who are saying enough is enough. Get them over here so we can get this thing over with. I think they know it's well, a fait accompli, but they want to get it over with so they can get back to the issues of uh, issues of running against him rather than this uh, sham of impeachment? Well, I tell you what, you have to wonder if, if Nancy Pelosi's sitting in a room somewhere in the Capitol trying to think of the worst possible course of action she could take and then taking it. Because <laughs> from the beginning, they have created this um, uh, impeachment debacle that is nothing more than a partisan witch hunt. People know that. They've seen the votes. Uh, the only thing bipartisan about it is the bipartisan vote against it. And and this thing is going to die a horrible death in the Senate. And they're just, you know, it, 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 it's such a such a such a mess for them. It, it goes beyond even calling it a circus at, at some point. I you honestly think at some point Pelosi is like trying to mess this up on purpose. Would you prefer Bob Paduchik as a senior advisor to Trump Pence 2020? Uh, give me this advice. Would you prefer? that Mitch McConnell uh, uh, change the rules and negotiate a quick dismissal of this entire thing or give the president his day in court a full-on acquittal with, by the way, the opportunity to question under oath Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and possibly even Adam Schiff as a material witness whose staff met with the quote-unquote whistleblower long before the whistleblower actually contacted uh, the inspector general. Yeah, look, Bob, that's like, that's way outside my pay grade in terms of what's <laughs> right. But here, here, here's what I know is, is Mitch McConnell's done a great job appointing conservatives to the bench and, and taking care of, of the president's policies. And honestly, I think that they're, they're going to do the right thing. I don't know what that is, but, but what I do know is the politics of this. And, and there, there's, there's two, I've run into three types of people here. There's the, uh, uh, people that are suffering from Trump derangement syndrome that would impeach the president for crossing the street. Then there are the supporters of the president. Then there are the regular people, you know, the people that, you know, the, the, the swing voters, people that are going on with their regular lives. They're not paying attention to this at all. They, they don't care. They think this is partisan joke. They, they see this as the sham it is. And then there are the president's support. And let me tell you something. Those folks are fired up. They are energized. I mean, the thing you worry about when you're running a campaign and everything's going right, the economy's great, there are no foreign policy failures, the president's doing a great job. The thing you worry about is is keeping your folks energized and getting them out and voting. Well, I'll tell you what, this impeachment has galvanized a lot of people. Our folks are angry. I'm standing here at the Huntington Center here in Toledo. And there are literally hundreds of people that have been standing in line, most of them since yesterday, in the freezing weather, waiting to get in here tonight at 7 o'clock and hear this president speak. That's enthusiasm. That's energy that you're talking about. And you're right. Uh, the impeachment, I think, has galvanized people. But as uh, as you described, so has the incredible 
amount of accomplishments the president has been able to put together in three years. That's got people energized. Bob Paduchik, senior advisor to the campaign. Enjoy your time there in the Glass City. Uh, Enjoy the president tonight, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Bob. Take care and be safe. Thanks very much, you too. Bob Paduchik, Senior Advisor to Trump Pence 2020. He is going to be in Toledo tonight for a Keep America Great Again rally. Thank, or Keep America Great, rather, rally. Thanks to Bob Paduchik. Back after this. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Wow. Did I mention we were uh, loaded up pretty heavy today? I kind of warned you that at the beginning of the beginning of the show if you were here. Thanks again to uh Robert Spencer, uh the founder of Jihad Watch who is just uh, a brilliant brilliant man, one of the uh, foremost experts on Middle Eastern policy, Middle Eastern history, Iran, Iraq, uh, all of the Islamic uh, theocracies there and more. He uh, advises the U.S. military and the U.S. government on these matters. He advised us today. That was fantastic. Dr. Everett Piper, one of the best compliments that I have read, excuse me, one of the best compliments I have read for one of my guests came from Kathy on Twitter who said this of Dr. Piper, his thought and speech is so incisive, brings to mind Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. Uh, Well done. Using scripture to praise Dr. Piper. Thank you, Kathy, for that great tweet. Uh, And I agree, Dr. Piper was brilliant as always. And then Bob Paducha getting us fired up and ready to go with all of the great accomplishments that President Trump has been responsible for in his presidency. Celebrated tonight on stage at Huntington Center in the glass city of Toledo, where the Keep America Great rally will commence tonight. Uh, If you're driving out there, be careful uh, and also give yourself plenty of time. Not because of weather concerns, but because of crowd concerns. You heard Bob saying people have been in line since yesterday. Hundreds of them. There will be thousands by noon. And Lord only knows how many people are actually going to be able to make it inside Huntington Center. So if you're going out there, be safe and be well. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.